It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sestrino back with you to talk about The Amazing Race 35, Episode 9. We're down to the final five after this week's Amazing Race as we went through uh, some caves and some uh, rowing some boats around and we used our muscles as we got through a very exciting leg of The Amazing Race. Back with us, a woman who can maybe settle is the Amazing Race harder than childbirth? Here is our chief Amazing Race correspondent, Jessica Lee. Great, Jess, Rob, how are but you? I, I can't settle that because I had all the drugs ever. Oh, I think you're going to say you've been on the Amazing Race. That too. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I'm doing Jess, all right, doing? Rob. I'm excited to talk about all of this. Um, I was very excited to get a shout out to the New York Times crossword app because I feel seen about the anxiety about keeping your streak alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, for Greg and John, I mean, uh, we are go- really going streaking, right? Are, are we? Have we made history this, this not week? History. No, but it's good. Not history. Okay, it's very good. Very good. Okay. Usually, when you talk about like the most something ever, Dave and Rachel is usually the answer. I would imagine Dave and Rachel probably did like five in a row. Maybe another team did as well. Okay. Well, let me also introduce our our great friend, my buoy, uh, Mike Bloom. It's your boy. Uh, yes, excited to be here. I'm glad I'm not replaced, despite the fact that I'm just teeming with muscles down below. And excited to be talking to a couple of stalactolites and the two of you before this Thanksgiving holiday. Yes, happy Thanksgiving to both of you and everybody out there as uh, we can be thankful for a very fun episode of The Amazing Race this week. At least I thought. Yeah, it was What do you think, good. Jess? It was entertaining. It was... I think that mm-hmm. the key to this being a great episode for me, well, I don't know. I, I'm not allowed to say things are amazing anymore, but I thought it was really fun. I will give the, can the you give context, the context on, on that, that is two weeks ago, I said that I thought the episode was an all timer and people got big mad when they watched it and they liked it less than I did. So that's what I'm referring to here. I think we are on a roll though. We are on a streak ourselves. This is a third great episode in a row. And the key for this being entertaining for me is that you didn't just have one team's horrible mistake knock them out of the race. Certainly that happened, but you had two other teams make a whole series of horrible mistakes as well, so that it could have been any one of them at the end of the day, even if it was going to be the team that was out you really had two other teams that should be thanking their lucky stars because they dodged they dodged bullet here. Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit of a step back for me, at least from the previous two weeks. Not a huge step, but maybe like a couple of paces, like Robin Corey running up the hill behind Steven Annerly. I was grateful to see, as always with the Amazing Race, a lot of variants, a lot of shaking up places to see two teams jump to the front. While to your point, Jess, two teams fall back. The Robin and Chelsea elimination, I mean, it's sad. They talked about being so distinctly different from the other teams uh, that ended up playing out here because they were the only ones to really make as big of a mistakes in a couple of 
hilarious as the other teams. But I did feel like, yes, it had tinges of the Andrea and Milena. One team just gets so far behind that they can't catch up. But the Andrea and Milena one honestly was like pretty funny with just how bad of a mistake they made here. It wasn't funny as much as it was just like kind of sad by the end of it of like, okay, well definitely with two more teams out of the fray between now and then they cannot catch up whatsoever. And maybe I thought history will repeat itself. But after Steven and Ali were able to nearly do the impossible last, like I did not think lightning. Here's a question twice. for you, Mike. I, do you think having two teams make essentially the same mistake in legs so close to one another kind of diminishes the impact of what happened this week. Like we just saw a team do it. So, you know, in a vacuum, we might've liked this better, but we just saw this happen. It, it did feel a bit like a rerun. Yeah. And this is airing, you know, the day before Thanksgiving, we're back in the day, the CBS uh, reality shows used to show clip shows. Uh, it was interesting to see like, Again, it was not nearly as catastrophic as that, but still certainly felt the same in terms of the structure of the episode to the point where Robin and Chelsea don't see anybody from the time they miss that cave turnoff for the rest of the leg. And even then, you know, you're eagle-eyed watching, okay, maybe there's a chance they'll catch up, but barring any sort of Morgan and Lena navigational difficulties from Todd and Ashley, it was near impossible. I just I don't know why they don't make the amazing race as hard as possible, because I feel like that the harder they make it, the more teams screw up. And I feel like the thing that's almost always the thing that we talk about when it was a really good episode, it's a team makes like a horrific screw up in the amazing race. And I feel like that's always what we come back to. Like, oh, that was so good. Did you see how bad they screwed up? I think they probably do screw up that much, but it's like we need Mm -hmm. to have just the right amount of that in an episode or we're just hating them all the time. We're just like dunking on them constantly. I think we get a lot of errors that people make, but I would say for every error we do see, there's probably several we don't because they're minor and uninteresting. And you know, how much of how much all of right, well, this is a really hard task and they're just like doing the task, but it's hard. Like that's not a story either. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. It, it just shows how much je ne sais quoi Andrea and Milena were that they were able to make such debilitating errors so entertaining and no offense to Robin and Chelsea uh, though it was very like entertainingly sad to watch poor Robin sitting there at the roadblock just saying any minute now she's going to come around that corner uh, she was waiting for you know dad to come back with a pack of smokes after so many years and eventually she, Chelsea ended up rounding the corner but it was certainly after a longer time than she anticipated well Mike you didn't think it was inspiring that they were uh, sowing the seeds for their grandchildren to see their badass grandmas on the amazing race I mean, this brings a whole new meaning to gutsy grannies. Uh, I really, really love that. I mean, that was sort of the advantage we got with just the, okay, there's not even any sort of climactic element. Everything spelled out in front of us is that every time we cut back to Robin and Chelsea, like they were in their fields. They were trying to take everything in as much as possible. You know, they talk throughout this leg about trying to have a better attitude. And I think for two people that came on with like a very concentrated goal, It's interesting. We'll all have the chance to talk with them on Monday because of the Thanksgiving holiday, but they sort of have done a lot of their own exit interview in this episode. I feel like with talking about like, yeah, we probably didn't have, you know, the best chances of winning given the other two teams, you know, them being very open about like trying to have a good head about the last leg of the race. It felt like maybe like an entire episode to conclude the arc that was Robin and Chelsea. 
Jess, any other thoughts about Robin and Chelsea as racers? Well, Robin and Chelsea as racers, I thought, you know, they won a leg. They were great. They were really good at what they did. And one of the things that I found a little bit annoying, and I don't think this is something they did as much as something the the way that the show placed them. I feel like there was a more interesting story to how they interacted with the other teams that we didn't get to see that we've heard bits and pieces of as we've talked to the other teams. But the the storyline the show gives them is that they're the moms and they're not even the only team left in the race at this point who has children that they have left at home. And, And yet I felt like for every time we heard one of the other parents on the race talk about their kids and how they miss them. We got like five clips of Robin and Chelsea. It was like all they talked about was their kids and their kids and being a mom. And how does this compare to being a mom? And it's like, there's more to them than that. And it felt almost a little sexist that the female, female team that left Mm -hmm. their minor children at home gets all of those sound bites. We didn't hear Joel and Garrett talking about how they miss their minor children that they've left at home with the other parent. And Mm -hmm. I... I think there was a better storyline that Robin and Chelsea could have gotten. Like, I would have loved the show to lean hard into the villain thing because that would have been really interesting. We only got a few pieces of that and the pieces we got were great. Yeah, I also uh, think part of their story was also like uh, some of the stuff, especially that Chelsea has overcome. I think that that was a big part of their storyline. I wonder if they felt like that we can't go mm, and, and portray them in like mm. a negative light, considering yeah, that yeah. You know, she's had loss and beat cancer and has you know uh, been on through you know uh, weight loss, and so um, you know maybe they felt like okay, we how can we turn this person into like a person who is kind of a negative on the show. Yeah, Amazing Race Family mm-hmm. Edition. Mike knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. There is a family uh, who tragically lost their father. Uh, he was working on a racetrack and he had gotten hit while he was, uh, you know, in the middle of a race and had died. And uh, they were the big villains of the season. Uh, that being said, uh, the Internet was a very different time between season eight and season 35. So I, I get it. It's tough, though, because... It's not like they could necessarily like have to contrive a villain edit. To Jess's point, for what we've heard about them, there was stuff to work with. But I think Robbie make a very good point as to how they would maybe want to stray away from, granted, a very nuanced perspective as to like, yeah, listen, people can, you know, be go through a lot of hardships and then come onto the race and still have this like, you know, uh, whatever it takes, you know, take any shortcut that you can get type of mentality to the rest of the team chagrin, but it's a little more black and white when it comes to perhaps the fandom. Okay. So how about Greg and John? And this is uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, fourth straight week of finishing in first place. They seem like that they are, you know, getting even better at what they're doing. Can anybody catch Greg and John? I assume somebody's going to catch Greg and John because I don't think they're getting a winner at it. Oh, interesting. You think they were uh, a little too under the radar? I think so. I think we don't have enough there. There. I mean, I think they are a lock for the finals, but I Mm -hmm. don't see. I don't see them taking the million. Yeah, I would say uh, I think that. That I that's a well reasoned take. Um, 
I don't know who the winner would be then, but I don't feel like that the Amazing Race is really shoving Greg and John down our throat so much as maybe if they were the winners. Who, do, Jess? Who do you think that the winners of the season are going I to mean, be? I think there's a bigger story for Steve and Anna Lee, who kind of arguably are the villains mm-hmm. and certainly don't have any competition now. <clears throat> I think Steve and Anna Lee have had a great arc. We could see them taking it. And bounce back very yeah, well this week. I think week. Rob and Corey have been yeah. highly visible and a very interesting team with a great story that we would love to see take it home. And I also think Todd and Ashley have that sort of, you know, mid, you know, mid amazing race couple that is the arguably the least interesting, but the most relatively consistent. And I think. Mm-hmm. If for many, many years, I would say I, I picked the most boring team. And I don't think Todd and Ashley are boring by any stretch, but they may be the most boring team left. Hmm. And I would even say Joel and Garrett have a better yeah. story to win than Greg and John. We've seen a lot of them. We know a lot about them. And this type of team has never won. So it would be very exciting to see them pull it out. Okay. All right. Yeah. I. I mean, I think... I would like to say no, just because where's the fun in that? Where's the fun? I mean, I guess there is some fun in like the current record is five. I looked it up. I believe actually Justin and Diana hold the record for five. Yeah, also did win in a row. And if yeah, but if John and Greg end up getting to like six or seven, that would be fun. But are we looking at a show that again we like when? teams finish in different positions every week and it's just like okay what will everyone else besides greg and john rank in this week that might lead to a more rote outcome what i would imagine happens is rob to go back to your question can anyone catch greg and john i'll say yeah where it matters in the final leg uh you quote justin and diana that we have seen this a good amount that the most dominant teams that have one, you know, Colin and Christy 1.0 won like nine legs of the Amazing Race 5 or something like that and still finished in second place. And so I could easily see Greg and John have not even a bad day, but a worse day than their usual thing. I agree that there doesn't seem to be really any Achilles heel for them yet. Uh, whereas every other team in this season did that, even when they fell behind in Vietnam, it was not really their own fault. But it, it comes for everyone eventually. You know, there are only so many teams that can run such a perfect season of the amazing race. And so I have to imagine. I mean, they would hardly be pad. the first time a team went out due to something that wasn't their fault. All right. Well, let's talk about this second part of our trip through Slovenia this week and go through the tasks that the teams uh, participated in. And we started off with a roadblock. Uh, they, they actually, they made a really big deal. Like, oh, no euros this week. Jess, is that very atypical? Like they made it seem like, uh oh, how are the teams going to get well, by we had, with like, no 10 euros? seasons in a row where we never knew how much money they had. I and they have not had it be a storyline that a team runs out of money and gets in trouble because of it in many seasons, because I think they realize that that can be, that can have some kind of icky class implications here. It's like you're making this multi-million dollar TV show, and then you're going to have the teams quibbling with locals over paying them for the services rendered. So they've kind of shied away mm-hmm. from that. And I think at this point, I think it's just, it's just interesting trivia. 
it's interesting that we're getting it back sometimes, but also they didn't need to spend money on anything this leg. They were driving themselves. They were walking. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If they wanted a snack, I think they probably had some money banked, but. What about gas? Did they, they have to stop and buy gas ever? I think they get a card for gas. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, I know certainly that was uh, oh, Amazing yes. Race Canada had a number of seasons that did that back when a gas yeah, station was the sponsor of the show. Yeah, you could win as part of your prize too. Wow. Yeah, I, I I believe they do get, I think they do get something for gas. Um, it could be that they can use the same card they use for flights, but mm-hmm. I was gonna say yeah, probably like the same generic card that they use to buy flights as well. Anything that seems like exorbitant, but yeah, we haven't really dealt with a lack of funds for a while. I think the only real way people end up super destitute on the Amazing Race is like if they end up dropping a bunch of money or like James and Abba style, if money happens to fall out of their pack and another team picks it up. Okay. Well, we started out with a roadblock uh, that involved carrying a bunch of wooden utensils, which on paper, not that exciting, but probably what did in Robin of Robin I mean, and Chelsea. It was like, it's like pick up a thing and take it to another thing is a classic amazing race task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though I think the most entertaining part of this test by far was watching everyone be forced to move in slow motion because this thing, with no offense to the Slovenians, was kind of like built with a wing and a prayer and it felt like it was going to fall apart at any moment's notice. So you had everyone just probably having their hearts pound more walking as slow as they can than as fast as they can because they're just so aggravated that they can't run. And so you see everyone kind of moving in turtle motion and it still doesn't help. I know what I was confused about was like, they said, oh, we don't want this to fall apart because we don't want to go back. I thought if something had fallen off, you have to go back, almost like crossing a balance beam. But no, it's pretty much uh, like the when you had to build the carts to transport yourself to the pit stop last season. Like, as long as you kept everything relatively together, no matter if it fell apart in transit, it just had to be in one yeah, piece. Yeah, I think when the you rubric the was just, did you bring all the pieces? And I don't think you were allowed to, like, if you mm-hmm. dropped that barrel thing, you weren't allowed to carry it in your hands the rest of the way. Like, it all had to be on your back. But I think people were very hung up on, does it look exactly like the one that was built? Because sometimes that is the thing. Um, if I had to guess, I would say here's a point where we could have had a lot more people screwing up that we weren't shown because I think we got wherever somebody dropped something, it was it affected their placement. So we did I catch this right that John asked somebody for directions of where he needed to go and they told him that the place he was looking for was in Germany? Yeah, what a freaking troll, that man. No wonder he didn't sign the NDA. And I love John just having to respond like, yep, I'll think about that. He's like, God damn mm-hmm. it. I'm in the race for a million dollars. And here are these freaking assholes out here in the middle of Slovenia being like, oh, I mean, my guess is that today? the fountain yeah. might be called like German fountain or something. Um, I mean, there's a German fountain mm-hmm. that's very famous in Santiago, Chile. And if someone didn't know what it was and you showed them a picture of it, they'd be like, this says German fountain. Are you sure this is not in Germany? Yeah. Okay. Well, this was like shades of what was that a season or two ago with the Rams cheerleaders when they end up driving oh, yeah. to the yes. wrong country. They didn't country. end up driving to the wrong country. They <laughs> ended up not leaving the city. They they ended up being told they were supposed to not, you know, they were supposed to leave the city they were in and they didn't have to. <laughs> Can we talk about the, the Limu Emu showing up in Slovenia? Yes. Yes. I hope Omer was watching tonight. Yeah. I really hope so as well. Uh, so random. I mean, Let's let's be cards up here. Was the emu a plant? 
Do we think the seeds were planted that they're like, hey, bring out some random odds and ends onto this street that the Americans are going to be walking on? Or is that emu a constant staple near what is it, Congress I mean, Square? Mike, or you've they been to, to Times Square. This is a smaller type of thing, but this is probably a major street traffic tourist thoroughfare. And that's where your street entertainers are. This the emo is hardly the only entertainer we saw. Like, I think we need to take a moment to appreciate the guy with the ukulele and the deer mask. He would have been the star if it wasn't. Yes, yes I love that. I was like, oh, my God, is Mike Bloom going to show up dressed like this guy? Yeah, I actually was a task judge for this. I just rip off my mask. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I was actually one of the older women at the pit stop. That was yeah, my disguise for this episode. Not Maria that had her. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I, I, I gave away the face. ghost when I had when I rubbed Joel's beard on my face. Come on, that's the most full bloom thing you can do. I mean, that was a wild moment in this episode. That's the freakiest <laughs> freak of the season. It's Has got some to competition. Be, right? This woman mm -hmm. approaches this smelly ass sweaty man mm -hmm. and is like, ooh, ooh, what nice facial hair. Do you mind if I rub my own face upon it? Mm -hmm. Excuse me, ma'am. You know what? You owe me euros for that. Zero euros? No, no, no. I get 10 euros at the end of this leg yeah. because this woman took my beer. I hope Joel doesn't end up in the doghouse tonight when his wife watches this episode. I, I think she's going to be more amused than anything else. Okay. The doghouse or the dragon house? Is that a lion or a bear? <laughs> is that the bear house? Roar is it's all a the roar. same generic noise. I, uh, I mean, listen. Between the likability, the beard, the roaring, I'm just saying, mm -hmm. Joel could be a Rupert twenty years later. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought you were citing the Amazing Race contestant Rupert. I mean, I guess that's true as well. No elephants. I wonder what the elephant I sound, hear his that sound is. Roar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just such an odd thing to have uh, just randomly around the street. I mean, I guess maybe they serve as distractions for the racers as well. Speaking of Joel, though, really fun moment when Joel is getting directions and completely misses Corey <laughs> slow walking past him. Like, how in the weeds must you be that you don't have any peripheral vision to not only notice a guy in crimson red but someone carrying one of these objects on his back walking at the speed of a turtle yeah and Corey's reaction to this is also pretty great he's just like i'm gonna keep moving quietly hope he doesn't see me like, <laughs> yep i don't totally know him. unrelated mm -hmm. wooden utensil task all right so the big problem here for Robin was that she lost a rolling pin and couldn't figure out what the issue was that she ultimately finds the rolling pin. But then does she take a whole new set of utensils, a whole new like backpack uh, back to no, the, I see, the you mat? see her putting it back on the same backpack. Mm hmm. I don't know. Maybe if you wreck that thing considerably in transit, like I would maybe want to transition everything around there just so I don't have to move carry some stuff around. But back. I think mm -hmm. it had to be the same one because you picked up that backpack at one place with all the stuff and then you had to assemble it. Mm -hmm. So I think I think yeah. it had to be the same one. You couldn't like go back to the starting point and get another one. Do you think Robin has any sort of thing about rolling pins now where it's like this week, somebody's asking her to like, okay, Robin, you're going to make the pie. It's like, ah, not touching a rolling pin ever again. Forget yeah, it. Rolling pins are for suckers. Get the store-bought dough. 
<laughs> either that or maybe she has like a rolling pin on her keychain now just like carabiner to her so she will no, she'll never miss it at any mm-hmm. point in time yeah because they're mom yeah, that's a thing it's a thing that moms have but Jess, was this a five hole? Yeah. <laughs> no, the five hole would be you had to pick up a bunch of children in a van and take them to soccer practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that would technically be kidnapping. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd like that as an amazing race to ask. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Uh, so then the teams would have to go to do another task. Uh, they'd have to go to this cave. And the teams all seem to think that there was going to be something to do with uh, stalagmites and stalactites. It's like, OK, if that comes up, we're ready. Could those have been the two detour <laughs> options? Mm-hmm. That would if, be great. I, I want to know what those detours would entail. Hmm. I mean, one one would be like rappelling down from the ceiling, and one would be like I don't know, making Building your way something on foot somewhere. From the ground up. Could be very fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it could be the rare detour where they get it wrong because they don't know the mnemonic, and so they're like, "Crap, we thought this was stalactite. This is stalagmite. I guess we're doing yeah, this one." At least, mm-hmm. like Chelsea and Robin couldn't even okay. pronounce stalagmites, so you have a leg up if you know what, how to say it. Well. Everybody's going to head to the cave, uh, but there will be some more issues with getting there. And we saw where Todd and Ashley have some more trouble. And we hear about Todd's dad detours. I thought he just this meant he held amazing race, uh, you know, legs with his own family. And he just was the designer. Knowing Todd, I would believe that. I I, want to back up one and mention one more thing about the roadblock because we frequently referred to Garrett's alter ego Smythe. And this week was a rare appearance of Joel's alter ego. Um, You hear Garrett call Mm -hmm. him Strasser. Okay. Mm. Strasser Strasser and Smythe, honestly, sounds like a TNT show. It's a legal drama, clearly. (laughs) Yeah. What do they do? Uh, They sue people who fondle (laughs) other men's beards. Mm. It's a very niche show, but for some reason, it's pulling really well in like Iowa, Ohio. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, they're working hard for you at Smythe and Strasser. But yeah, these caves, I will also say, maybe one of my favorite places we have been to in a while on Amazing Race. Just like absolutely gorgeous, nearly one of a kind. We very rarely go subterranean, especially in modern day Amazing Race. I mean, Infamously, we had the mine five, but I feel like outside of that, we don't necessarily go in that area. And it was just gorgeous. I'm so happy yeah. we had a task in there. So we had the Penn Holderness mail train, even too. more than just. Mm-hmm, that's true. Oh, yes, of yeah. course. Uh, even uh, more so than just like being in the cave, like going down and down into the cave. Like, I thought that was really was beautiful. cool. And you can tell, like, this mm-hmm. is just one cave. This is not, like, the most spectacular tourist attraction in all of Slovenia. This is just, like, a cave. There's a whole bunch of them. As as we see when Chelsea and Robin go to the wrong Jama and they realize they have to turn around and go back. It's just, like, this is, this is like a lot of Europe. It's like you see this amazing, spectacular thing. And it's like, oh, no, there are 12 of them. This is just one of them. Mm-hmm. We're not going camping. We're on the Amazing Grace. <laughs> All right. Well, we end up going into the caves and the teams have to build this dragon. Of course, uh, a lot of dragon talk in Slovenia. Mike, did you like the dragon? Well, it's not that I like the dragon. I loved the dragon keeper. Mm -hmm. 
where did they find this man? First off, he's basically just Nandor <laughs> from what we do in the shadows. <laughs> and I was just obsessed with the lore that like, is this something out of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where like this man has been kept here forever until someone assembled the dragon puzzle? And then also his comments to when they succeeded and failed. In no, the I have, really I have my own like head cannon about the dragon keeper. I think this is his day Please. job. I think he goes home to like a wife and kids. And I think you have to build the dragons. He keeps multiple dragons down here, but like, Instead of hatching them from an egg, you have to build them for a puzzle, and then they come to life, and they fly off, as evidenced by his quote to John and Greg, where he says, this dragon will never fly. Yes. Father yes. of dragons. <laughs> and then- He really is like the op- exact opposite of Daenerys Targaryen, right? He has the long black hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But his then the corollary of, okay, this dragon will never fly. You would think he would be like, wow, this dragon will soar now. He says, nope, your work here is done. Your job down here is done. <laughs> yeah, your job, down, your here job done. down here is done. Yeah. Well, I, I, even he's like, listen, I know the laws of physics. Even down here, I know this thing can't fly. It's made of balsa wood. We can't toss it into a cavern. So yeah, well, they don't okay, have the budget to like mm-hmm. put it up on a like a rig and like let it like soar up to the ceiling. <laughs> I imagine like a winch just like boop 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 as it Yeet. soars through the air. <laughs> but what's the backstory on this? Why are we in a cave putting together these specific dragons? Well, Phil, Is this an activity Phil that you do it. in Slovenia? Well, Phil, Phil said, yeah. "Yeah, this is where the dragons where they came live from in the caves." Mm-hmm. The dragons yeah, live in the I, caves, but and they so had that's a hard time like them. wrangling real ones I, I, for the tap. There was nothing safe mm-hmm. they could do with the real dragons. Yeah, they of course. Well, it's tough because this film during a strike, and so all the dragons, of course, are SAG-AFTRA, and so they're like, they can't do it, you know, poor SAG-AFTRA. <laughs> but uh, what I what I adored about this is that uh, this is maybe the 90s kid in me. There was these, these like, wooden dinosaur puzzles that you would put together where you'd form, like, the skeleton of a dinosaur using little wooden pieces that you would slot into each other. And I know we kept saying Ikea, for, Ikea furniture, Ikea furniture, but this, this is basically in, a giant version This has been that. an amazing so race before, at least twice that I can think of. I was thinking season 14, right? Or was it 18 rem- they had to put together a Gary giant Mallory dinosaur? Or using an express pass on it. Might have been yeah, so it might have been 18. Yeah, so I, I definitely remember, because I think I remember Jamie and Cara doing one, so I was remembering if it was 14 or sure, 18. Sure, sure. And I, I think Amazing Race Canada might have even done it as recently as last season. Yeah, the teams are going to be putting together their dragons and some will be having more trouble than others. Uh, We hear that, you know, Rob and Corey, that uh, Rob, I believe, is the expert on Ikea furniture. So this Rob is the expert on everything. (laughs) He's a good swimmer. He knows NATO. Mm -hmm. He could put together Ikea furniture with no instructions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not not kicking a soccer ball. Well. But he's good at darts. He's good at, he's darts. Good at darts. He's good at darts. Yeah. Um, but when the teams were doing it, I think Steve said of the dragons, he said, uh, that's as cool as a beehive. <laughs> well, I think he was talking about putting together the beehive last episode. Ah. 
Yeah, I don't think it's just some sort of a southern <laughs> phrase. That's like an interesting <laughs> oh, expression. That's, that's cool to be yeah. on. <laughs> I, for Steve and Natalie, I thought they also had a good moment earlier in the episode. I was like, oh, I think they're going home because uh, Steve was talking about how Annalie, he's, you know, basically uh, he's racing with his like big daughter now. And so I was like, oh, that's it. Steve and Annalie, yeah. they're toast. Yeah, because you so these confessionals are always done at the end of a leg after the teams had check in. And I agree. The tone in that moment was very much pointed at like, well, this is the end. And Steve's getting emotional. And Annalie's getting emotional because Steve's getting emotional. Though that also hinted to me that any modicum of Todd and Ashley going was out the window because Todd was like so energetically talking about the two chains moment that we'll get into later that like, if that was the thing that eliminated him from a million dollars after they were doing so well, he would not be nearly. I don't know. He's kind of like, he's kind of like the Andy Dwyer of the race. He's just like happy about everything. I feel Mm -hmm. like he's going to still be happy. Yeah. Travis Kelsey. Ashley taught me so many things, but not how to drive at the end of whatever happens. Uh, Like, I I think the Mm -hmm. easier tell for Todd and Ashley is we're going to look at Ashley because she has no poker face whatsoever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But all right, let's talk. I did want to I think Joel and Garrett also invoked the beehives as like we put those together. We're going to be good at this as well, which was a little bit more on the nose. I think um, Steve and Annalie. Yeah. I didn't get an elimination vibe from what they were saying because I think it was more just they pulled it back together after their disastrous leg. And they you saw them like as soon as they kind of pulled it up, up to the front of the pack, it was like they were functional again. Their relationship was goals again. Let's start to talk about the detour in this episode, which Robin and Chelsea are like, Wow, we had a lot of tasks. We haven't even had a detour yet. Is there a detour on every leg of the Amazing Race? Is that definitely going to be? There a thing? hasn't even been a detour on every leg of this Amazing Race. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got scrape off or swap out. Yeah, it. I like. I like that they that they were both related to one another. You could have switched easily, and yeah, there mm-hmm. were. Both hard, so many though. ways to screw this up. So many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Well, that's the thing. I. I don't know. Maybe I was just like not paying attention as much when Phil was describing the buoy side of the detour. But when John's like, "Oh, it's a needle in a haystack," I'm like, "Wait, a what? And a what now? How is that the case?" And then we saw the rows upon rows. Talk about planting seeds of buoys. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. But then I don't know. Was it though? Because weren't John and Greg like? It's not like they have to pull up every buoy. That's what I initially thought. You had to just look. Yeah, for they the were red yellow, yellow buoys. I think the red was hard to spot because they all had like a red dot on them, and you just had to figure out how they mm-hmm. were marked, which I think was the hard part. But boy, Rob and Corey mm-hmm. didn't read their clue at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where did this come from? Because it's not like they were super far behind, so they were floundering for whatever reason. They basically only read the first half of the roadblock and said, "Okay, yada yada." Yeah, and yada, then yada, they screwed it, it up it. in like mm-hmm. the way that was the hardest to come back from. I because I couldn't tell. Like, were they just exhibiting poor judgment, or was it an actual rule that once you took a buoy, you had to keep going for that buoy, and you couldn't like just say, you know, scrap it and find a different pair of buoys. Yeah, I was curious about that as well, because I guess the benefit is, okay. well, at least we know where this one is. 
the con is they obviously did not know where this one was, that they were not mm-hmm. able to retrace their steps in the havoc of figuring out that they screwed up and were like, oh, crap, let's just go back to that destination. Because I can imagine if they're like, well, we know where this one is, at least. We'll look for the place where a buoy should be and we'll go down there. But it was very clear that they just got turned head over tails and decided, OK, this isn't worth it. Let's swap. Did they just think that the task was to bring in two buoys? I'm not the most nautically minded, but I feel like that's not what people do I mean, the on, buoy, the, on the reg yeah. in the water. Because they didn't even bring in the replacements that they needed to no. swap yeah, I, them out Maybe with. they interpreted it as, like, you just have to go get a buoy and then get your buoy and put it there. But still, it's like, that doesn't make any sense either, because mm-hmm. you should just take your buoy and, like, swap them in real time instead of kayaking all the way back to the pier. I mean, it was wild to watch Rob actually get out of the kayak and dive down. When we saw this on the on the next time on last week, I was like, oh, is there a diving challenge happening? You know, a la the golden coins in The Amazing Race 31. Nope. They just had to audible a bit because Rob had to get out of the kayak to actually look for where they left their muscles. Mm-hmm. Jess, is it just me or was Phil really in his bag with both sides of this detour being very much tough as nails I think challenges? I was, but I thought, I felt like the ADR on Phil was a little bit off this week. And like, naturally, I don't hmm. watch the show at 1.0 speed anymore, but it felt like it was weirdly chopped together. And at some points, it sounded like he was recording the audio in a different place. And it was almost hmm. like maybe they fed his voice print to an AI and just had the had the voiceovers done that way, um, it, it, Eventually. it felt off. There was something a little uncanny valley about what Phil was doing this week. I don't know. Maybe he was replaced, at least when it comes to writing the dialogue, because did you notice, we'll cut to the teams later on, but what he said to Greg and John upon them winning the leg, it was one of the strangest things I've heard Phil say Definitely up there with Joel and Garrett's like, oh, well, you had a chance to go to a brand new country and you will still get that chance. They finish and he goes, you will each earn $5,000 and it's not going to the second place team. It's going to team number one. It was very Pert Hathley, wasn't it? Like not to invoke Parks and Rec for the second time in five (laughs) minutes. But on the other hand, I feel like trying and failing to mess with the teams in an awkward way is very on Mm -hmm. brand for Phil. <laughs> but like why do you start with the money then why no on earth would they say oh yes there's a consolation prize i forgot about that the second place team yeah. does get ten thousand dollars pretty good money twenty thousand guess what good money for a second place <laughs> yeah listen the reason why you didn't get any money to begin is because you're ending with all the money you each are getting a cash prize <laughs> Jess, I I want to talk about the makeup of these two tasks because, you know, we saw most of these teams end up going to go and pick uh, the swap out. But while scrape off seemed harder, it seemed like that there were less ways you could screw it up. This is always the dilemma. It's like, do you take this one that is physically taxing, but is you are almost guaranteed to do correctly the first time? Or do you take the Mm -hmm. one where you could plausibly screw it up a lot of ways but if you do it correctly it's going to take you a lot less time it's it's a gamble yeah i i agree and i think again it's very nice to have these two right next to each other because even if you make a catastrophic error like robin curry or even todd and ashley to a certain extent 
it's not about, okay, now we have to, like we saw with the massage parlor, take all this time to go travel to the other thing. Now it's just like, okay, well, we can literally just paddle over to the other side of the detour. Make sure we grab our necessary props because apparently a third of the teams didn't know how to do that and move on from there. Mm-hmm. You know, for Greg and John, who uh, were able to really ace the swap out challenge, they're so good in the water in terms of like working that kayak. I mean, they're, uh, lake, they're lake people. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, they were like uh, effortless through the water. They were they were very funny also this week. I felt like this is probably as funny as they always are. We just don't see as much of that as we as we mm-hmm. really could be. Yeah. Sun's out, guns out. Mm-hmm. I've heard Mike Bloom say that same uh, quote. Oh yeah, and listen, I'm a regular artillery when I was, summertime. I was comes very around. concerned at you. You had many opportunities to wear something to this podcast, <laughs> and instead, you're cosplaying as Rob. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, listen, yeah, it well, was yeah. a decision decision paralysis. I had many. It was a multi headed detour, and I was like, "There's just so many good ones. I can't possibly." do it so let me just honor the man himself the man Thank who planted the I, seeds I wish i had me. i wish yes. i had omer's yes. uh emu t-shirt i feel like that was the play when i'm not getting the mm-hmm. memo no, that it's buffalo yeah. plaid day <laughs> we did not coordinate this jess no mm-hmm. i can see where i'm not wanted mm-hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> All right, next, next week. week next week we'll do it okay next week all right um Anything else about the the detour? I mean, I just thought it was nice to have like such a landscape discrepancy going from the caves to mm-hmm. the water, I think was a nice display. I mean, I will say overall through these two legs, really nice introduction to Slovenia. I feel like this country contains so many cool things in it. And I feel like we have had some other countries make their debut in Amazing Race in the past few seasons. I can't think of one that had nearly as much of an impact in my mind from like a tourism perspective as Slovenia did. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the one who cares about travel on this podcast. Um, Slovenia has always been on my short list of places I want to visit, but I am excited mm-hmm. to see that it surpasses my expectations. Like it just looks like a cool place to visit. I would very much like to get there at some point. Okay, uh, Todd and Ashley. Uh, they were one of the teams that was also struggling uh, to one to get to uh, the detour. Uh, they also showed up and uh, kind of got things uh, screwed up, needed to go change uh, the detour. But that didn't stop Todd from having fun. <laughs> to Ashley's chagrin, mm-hmm. I love this so much that in a race again and maybe it was a little compartmentalized by the fact that robin and chelsea were again so far behind yes there's a chance that maybe you got so lost they passed you but todd was like trying to live it up a little bit him bellowing to the wind that he found the chains and him trying to make a two chains reference (laughs) 10 years probably after he's been actually relevant Mm -hmm. in the pop culture stream it's so great and it's even more done by the fact that ashley wants nothing to do with it she's like please get over this nonsense my stupid husband get in the freaking honestly this was their last week this was a great note to go out on. I, I really got that vibe of we can't control what happens now. We just have to do the tasks and and enjoy our time left. And you see it at the end when they get to the mat. And they're like, we're pretty sure we're fifth, but there's this 
possibility that we are in dead last. So we can't discount it and we're going to, you know, project this sense of, you know, retroactively we've enjoyed the experience. Da, 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 da. Yeah, Todd was really trying to make the best of it, but Ashley really was very over uh, whatever he was doing. I mean, this probably was the biggest. It's tough because Joel described the uh, putting together the the dragon as like dad activities. But Todd, I think, represented the most dad out of everyone in this episode between the dad detours, him making like dad jokes and being kind of a buffoon. It felt like he embodied that aspect the most. And I do feel like this is the episode that maybe gave us the biggest introspection into their relationship where like it's not toxic bickering, but it's still bickering nonetheless. And you get a big dynamic as to like Todd's the big fun dad and not to say that Ashley isn't fun, but I think she is someone that is more concentrated on like the actual matter at hand. And getting yeah, I, I know which parent is the fun parent in that household. <laughs> like I know if I if I want to go if I want to go hang out with my friends at the mall I know which parent I'm asking if I can go mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah what? Hey, just don't you can leave just don't forget your two chains on the way out I don't think I get to be either the fun parent or the person who's more in charge of the matter at I hand mean, if you ask if you ask my husband and if you ask me I am mm-hmm. not the fun parent but then if you ask George, George thinks I'm mm-hmm. the fun parent. Yeah. I mean, do I have to say anything? We can all assume yeah. what my dynamic is, right? <laughs> You've yeah, seen my wife's wife, Instagram. Like- <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like we are a much shorter version of Todd and Ashley in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, for Steve and Annalie, uh, they were one of the teams that they went directly to the scrape it off and uh, they nailed it. They scraped it. Such a bounce back week for Steve and Annalie. Yeah, and it's interesting because it didn't seem, I guess we had like some people complaining about their back. They didn't have to by this week. <laughs> exactly. It didn't seem that incredibly physical and it didn't seem like it really bogged a lot of Mike what are you down. talking about that Ashley is going to have muscles like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> um, we haven't been referencing that since 2017 <laughs> on this podcast Todd look at you with your muscles you're, you're gonna, we're gonna get you back playing athletics once again Todd <laughs> not like my nephew mm-hmm. the ne'er-do-well <laughs> Was not the thing on Celebrity Apprentice? Like, did Schwarzenegger always make fun of his nephew? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, he always made fun of his nephew, Patrick Schwarzenegger. (laughs) We're here in Slovenia, such a tiny little country, not as powerful as Austria. (laughs) But it's right there. You're at the pit stop. My house is over there. Hello, mother. (laughs) Please say hello to my mother, Maria. She loves beards. But not the other Maria. It's complicated (laughs) there. (laughs) It's the ultimate Freudian slip. I I just want to say, I would not have chosen the chain scraping thing just because it did look like it was going to be a murder on your back. I think Todd and Ashley had the right strategy Mm -hmm. where they sort of sat down on the thing and sort of scooted around scraping. It probably took a little longer, but I bet it hurt a lot less. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Now, the question is, they obviously scout out these locations to do these tasks. Were they like, hey, can you save up six rings full of barnacles? Just don't do the usual maintenance on it. We'll have our Americans come I'm in. I'm sure and they have later. to go mm-hmm. in and like do cleanup on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They did not get nearly all those barnacles off. Yeah. I mean, how do they do this kind of stuff for tough as nails, Mike? Yeah, but they're not doing actual things. Phil's on, on the message nails. boards with anybody that needs manual labor done around the <laughs> yeah. world. Anyone need their well, I think Phil's been pretty painted. clear that someone has to go in and clean up after all of their jobs, too. Yeah, exactly. Who wants an oven to get destroyed <laughs> in the middle of their store? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we start to get a little bit about Robin and Chelsea. They're way far behind, but they're having, you know, sort of, you know, the epiphany, just the teams that are, go- are going to be eliminated. They seem to have in their final moments on the amazing race. If only teams could have that epiphany earlier on in the amazing race and then enjoy the entire experience. Well, I think that more. epiphany is kind of coaxed out of them in the final confessional. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's also like while you're trying to compete, there's always a chance that you might be wrong about losing. And so you have mm-hmm. to focus on that. And we like it when people sort of have that epiphany 10 minutes early and we get those moments of like, this is so beautiful. I'm so lucky to be mm-hmm. here. But if someone did that for the entire race, I don't think they'd last very long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Stop and Smell the Roses doesn't work on a show called The Amazing Race. Mm -hmm. So we're down to just five teams now after this. And here we are. Okay, it's Thanksgiving week. It's only November 22nd. We're down to five teams. How many more weeks of The Amazing Race uh, do we have? I feel like are there four more weeks of The Amazing Race? Well, it's tough, yeah, because we have to do three eliminations to get down but from five to three. You'll have to if do if there's five teams left, Mike. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, three legs, I mean. It's five to four, yeah. four mm-hmm. to three, and then the final three. So, But people have been assuming that the Amazing Race would finish the week before Survivor ends, which would be on the 13th, which would be 12 episodes. So, yeah, there's a chance we can get another not mega mega leg happening. I would assume next episode because i don't think they'd want to do it at the final four so that's a really good call unless it's just finishing a week earlier than anticipated yeah i i don't think that they're going to do that i feel like uh it could be one of these things where i feel like haven't we seen that before where it's like the final four and it's like all right we'll keep racing and then they are going to eliminate somebody in the finale oh actually you know what sorry i was i was doing the math wrong because this is episode nine yeah we'll do we'll have 10 11 and 12 so there are only three episodes left no more mega legs it should be elimination every time Mm -hmm. okay so that you think that there there will be a week in between if survivor's finale is going to be on the 20th 20th you think that we're going to end this uh amazing race season on uh december 6th yeah, no, on the on the thirteenth. So on it's going to th- be okay, got it. So okay, so next week is going to be the 29th, which is going to be going to Stockholm. Uh, where are they? They're yep. going to Sweden. Legit, there is a midsummer yeah, challenge in there. What? Oh, ooh, okay. Well, bring your flowers out. Then on December sixth is when we're going to do the penultimate leg, which I believe is going to take us to Ireland. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. And then the week after the thirteenth will be the finale where they go back to the U.S. Okay, got it. All right. Is there anything else that we want to say about these five teams that are going to be headed into uh, this home stretch of the Amazing Race? 
I mean, let's uh, take a little bit of a Thanksgiving break here. Do we want to make a prediction of who's going to make the final three? There are always surprises that sneak in, but mm-hmm. I feel like a couple of teams are kind of locked in to make the finale at this point. All right. Well, what are they, Mike? I'm going to mm-hmm. say Greg and John and Robin Corey are mm-hmm. going to be two out of the other three teams, barring any sort of like massive upset. And so it basically comes down to one spot between the other three teams. And who you got? That one's a little bit tougher because these three teams have all showed like strength on any given day. I'm going to go with, I'll go with Todd and Ashley. I think they'll be able to bounce back. Todd and Ashley are the team that gets to the top three. Yeah. Maybe I'm sort of uh, taking the next time on is too much of face value, but Steven and Lee are yelling that it's a foot race, which seems to make me believe it'll be another like mm-hmm. fast paced foot race. And I feel like they, the only people they could really beat would be Joel and Garrett. And I feel like Joel and Garrett have that big, like fourth place fan favorite energy that we sometimes get on the amazing race proper. And so they, and they also probably have less of a strong body of work mm-hmm. yeah, than I those think, other three teams. I think mm-hmm. you're right, Mike. I think it's one of the two co-ed teams now next week and then it's joel and garrett and then it's everybody else is in the finals mm-hmm. <sighs> i still uh, i'm a steven Annalee mm-hmm. believer uh i, I want to see a lever a lever yeah i mean uh they've been so much fun uh to see you know Annalee. i just uh i love her and i want to see uh her go as far as possible and I, I feel like that between Todd and Ashley and Joel and Garrett, I feel like I could see them being fourth and fifth and then potentially with Stephen Annalee making it to the finals. So let's commend Joel and Garrett here. This is the highest they've ever placed in the race, making it all the way to second place. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're coming on they're strong. They're doing great. I think they've gotten they've gotten a mm-hmm. lot of an edit. But I think if the if tradition holds, they will be out right before the finals. Um I would love to see them in the finals. I think that makes it much more interesting if they're in the finals. Just do we know where Stop we're home. headed next week? We just said that. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Rob has Stockholm syndrome right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. There. Yeah. Okay. A couple of Have times. Have we been there actually. before? Yeah. There was, um, mm-hmm. I think it was season six where they had a whole challenge in an Ikea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was a detour where they had to build Ikea yeah, furniture. Th- mm-hmm. They had to either Not build dragons. Ikea furniture or count this giant bin of stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. And that was infamously the uh, hay yes. bale roadblock as well, which I was surprised. I This is an answer uh, that maybe some of us had questions about, about, okay, when they have back-to-back self-driving legs, do they use the same car? And we saw Greg and John have to get back into their <laughs> hay-filled car to drive from the roadblock. So, Hilarious. yes, they do have to. Mm-hmm. Okay. To all the people with hay fever and the allergies, uh, very sad. Yeah, we already had a hay task, so we're not getting a hay switch back next week, which is disappointing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Only three episodes left of uh, The Amazing Race 35. Anything else, Amazing Race, before we start to wrap things up? It's just wild that we're already less than a month away from the finale. But as we talked about last week, uh, right now we're talking only like three months and change from when we do it all over again with the next season. So Mm -hmm. it won't be that much of a pit stop between legs here. All right. Jess, what else is coming Um, up for you? This is the only thing I have going on right now. It's glorious. 
Uh, you seem Look, too happy I, about I that. I never have to watch Fear the Walking Dead ever again. Was it a I bad mean, finale? Was it a good finale? <laughs> it was oh, okay. because it's Fear the Walking Dead. And Fear the Walking Dead is the opposite of fun and good. Mm-hmm. And it's over now. Did they tie things up or they just left it sort of like they ambiguously left it open-ended, open-ended to give at least eight different characters a spinoff should they decide they want to go that route. And mm-hmm. Or at yeah. least bring them into other things and say, oh, this person's here. Uh-oh, yeah, they kind of split everybody week. off and like sent them on their own journeys. And it's like any one of those people could wind up on the Daryl Dixon boat. And we are kind of hoping that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that mm-hmm. the new spinoff of the yeah, spinoff? Uh, the I think Dixon we're going to have Jerry O'Connell yeah. host that. Just that's how they keep everybody honest in the contract negotiations of like, all right, we've got a contract. We're going to give it to somebody. I think I would like to see one okay, of your characters. I'd love to see. <laughs> in my hands, it's the contract of the mm-hmm. next star. Nobody play hardball, though. Because okay, we give now it to I want to see else. the competition reality show where all of the characters across The Walking Dead are going to get a chance to get brought back onto one of the existing spinoffs and they have to compete for it. Mm-hmm. That could oh, be a Tales episode. But anyway, you can catch our coverage of the finale on Post Show Recaps. And then we will be back in February for The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live, or as I am calling it, The Walking Dead Towel. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to need that when you stay on the Dixon boat. Yeah. All right, Jess, great job. And happy Thanksgiving to you. Mike, what else is coming up for you? Yeah, so as mentioned before, uh, any CBS exit press for reality TV is being done on Monday due to the Thanksgiving holiday. So I'll be talking with not only Robin and Chelsea, but the most recent boot from Survivor as well. I'll be doing the B&B over the weekend with Ali and Lasher. Over on Post Show Recaps, uh, believe it or not, new TV is still happening in the latter month of the year here in 2023. Fargo is back for the first time since the end of 2020. It's coming back with a pretty damn fun cast. John Hamm, Juno Temple, Joe Keery, Lamorne Morris. So I'm covering that with Grace Leader and Latanya Starks. The first two episodes are up right now, actually, if people want to check it out. And we'll have coverage there going on every week. All right. Mike, great job. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And thanks, everybody, for listening to our Amazing Race recap today. We're going to exit press for the Amazing Race on Monday on the other side of the Thanksgiving holiday. So check out when uh, Jess and I check in with Robin and Chelsea and Mike's interview as well with Robin and Chelsea, plus all the Survivor exit press also will be that same day coming up on Cyber Monday. Okay, there we go. Gives you an excuse to get online and Mm -hmm. uh, not only make some deals, but listen to a nice chat with two really fun people as well. I love that as emotional as they got in their final moments, Chelsea still finishes it up with a very dry deadpan line about how the only detour she wants to face right now is vacuuming the rug. Mm -hmm. Hashtag moms. Okay, we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Moms be momming. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.